0: about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where they're where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savor and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. So it's welcome back to Councillor Jonathan Nunn, leader of the West Northamptonshire Council. Um, which was created on the 1st of April as part of the uh, reorganization of local government. And um, we heard Jonathan talking about the past year, which has been one of massive transition and no doubt challenges coming out of transition, but a very optimistic, upbeat and and some key platforms that uh, Jonathan has has, um, outlined for us. And based around what is the corporate plan written last May, six key things, if I might summarize them, Jonathan, clean and green, uh, life chances for everybody, especially our young people. Connected communities in terms of infrastructure, transportation, and hopefully public, private, academic, and third sector working more closely yeah. together. Thriving towns and villages, um, economic development, all underpinned by exceptional resource management, which was perhaps one of the weaknesses in the past. Is that uh, yep. does that summarise pretty well? Yes, the the six. It absolutely does, Adrian. Yeah, well done. Fantastic. Policy platforms. Okay, so if we focus possibly on the business angle then for the show, Open for Business, and the economic uh, development, um, let's just dive a little bit deeper into some of those things. Now, you've mentioned, for instance, life sciences. We'd like to attract uh, life sciences here. And, you know, from an academic mind perspective, one starts to think about clusters. We have the Silverstone supercluster in many ways around advanced manufacturing. Yeah. yeah. How, how do we go about creating a strong cluster in the region, in the county for or in the West North Hans around life sciences? And what are the sort of key assets we already have that we can build on?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, we come from the perspective of looking uh, to say, right, you know, there, there is um, continual sort of development towards uh, commercial, commercial building. Uh, and, and, and areas and so on. And, uh, you know, we, we welcome anybody that brings prosperity into the area. What, what we are not is an area of high unemployment, we have unemployment, but but actually, uh, we are a net importer, we, ha- we have more jobs and we have people as a consequence to which many more people travel into our area to work. So, so it's not so much that we lack the number of jobs. We, we have a, a level of un- unemployment that, that that might be considered to be a sort of a natural uh, level of, of uh, un- unemployment. So we're not necessarily just about crudely chasing more jobs. Uh, what we're about is trying to enhance the quality of those jobs. And we sit here knowing that, um, you know, as always, location is an important part, being centrally based, but not just centrally based, but... Now, there we are right in the middle of the Oxford-Cambridge arc, uh, two, two areas where research and development, you know, has, has a worldwide reputation. And we sit here with a, you know, a, a, a fairly well-trained uh, uh, workforce. And again, specialist workforce can be attracted very easily from areas like Birmingham and Nottingham and Milton Keynes. So, so we have a good reach in Northampton. Uh, for commuter staff, if you're looking particularly specialist specialist staff, so we just think that actually we could push it slightly. That that's the sort of industry that we should uh, we should create. I, I mean, you know, in short, uh, ideas and concepts are developed perhaps in Oxford and Cambridge. There's a place for them to be made, and and we rather think that Northampton might be that place. So what we're looking at carefully now is the cost that they pay in other areas, and what what would entice them into the area. But we think the natural fit of the uh, if you like, geographical location, location between Oxford and Cambridge, location at the centre of the country and so on, means that we have got the natural assets to be able to attract that kind of business. And I think what that means probably is targeting, going after those types of business and, and seeking to be on their list of areas in which they might choose to open new, um, new premises or, or places to expand. I think I think it's as simple as that. We know that if you just leave it, businesses will come. Uh, hopefully they'll come and, and a lot of places will work to attract them. We just think that we have an obligation to try and shape who does come and given, given that we are naturally well, you know I think we have a good relationship, this area has a good relationship with distribution, again going back to Brack Mills, it, it's thought of as being a pretty smart place it, it, it must be one of the best, if not the best industrial state in the country, partly because it has a, an excellent business improvement district. And we're very proud to have the companies that we have there, both small, local and the large, large national. But we do, we believe, have an onus to try and shape the employment in the area. And, and, and we see life sciences as one potential area among, amongst others. But we, we're still doing a little work to work out exactly what that will be. Um, and what we're going to do is, is, is create um, an economic prospectus, which is partly about attracting businesses to the area but actually it's also about then going to the government to say right this is the growth and the commerce that we could deliver as part of this oxford cambridge arc and and that's what you're looking for yeah. this is the help we need to ensure that west north Ants is attractive to those areas so some of this is it's not something easy that's falling in our laps we know it's going to be hard and we've got to shape it but we just simply think we have got a responsibility to shape the best quality jobs and identify those industries where if we can be successful, we'll, we'll see that average quality of job uh,
0: go up. So that thinking then will obviously inform your inward investment department. And I assume that you've got enough people or resources there because, uh, you know, thinking in business terms, uh, in simple t- terms, we're, we're competing with the likes of Milton Keynes, aren't we? Yep.
1: Yep, absolutely. And it is a competition, isn't it, in, in, in uh, many ways. So it, without a doubt, we are. I think inward investment is an area that had been neglected in our previous council. So the county council had done a certain amount of economic development and inward investment work that had largely gone uh, as as money became tighter for the county council. And, and of course there, they were the main funder of the Northamptonshire Enterprise Partnership, um, which, uh, which then merged into Semlep uh, following the, the county no longer being able to support it. Um, and even at Northampton Borough, you know, we weren't doing as much as we might have done to attract, uh, attract people in. And it's an area we think we need to do more. So, yes, we are building a team. We've now got a bigger economic development uh, de- department, as indeed we have regeneration um, as well. But we want to try and make it a priority to, to shape not just new jobs and new businesses, but um, sustainable new businesses and um, the right kind of quality uh, new jobs.
0: Do you think the funding will come in? I mean, under the left government's levelling up, you know, well you, you've mentioned the Oxford Cambridge Arc, we've got SEMLEP, there are these different platforms, I guess. Yeah. Um, is it likely that, you know, you in the, the two county councils will actually get more funding direct to yourselves rather than through regional bodies? Or, you know, how do you see that playing out?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. That does seem to be the direction of travel. So I, I'm on the board of Semlet, the Southeast Midlands Local Enterprise Partnership, which covers our West North Ants and indeed North North Ants geographical area. And we do see that change, a change from uh, the funding that has traditionally flowed uh, through the um, Local Enterprise Partnerships, uh, flowed, I mean, through the Local Enterprise Partnerships, and that is now increasingly coming to the councils. And we're seeing that with the government announcing a fund throwing it open to bids, and wherever possible, we have been able to put bids in. Um, Mm. It has highlighted a weakness, which which actually has been a county-wide weakness for quite some time, which has been the lack of investment in getting schemes ready. So if the government come out and they say, right, we're announcing a new fund, the levelling up is a good example. And the first round of that had a fairly tight deadline. Um, And of course, you needed to have a project that you knew was pretty viable, really. And if you're in the business of, shall we say, building a new road or whatever, it takes a lot of time to, uh, you know, try and understand what the cost will be. the surveying involved and costing and all sorts, and you've got to have a reasonably accurate idea of it. And there just has not been, in in our county, in Northants as a whole, uh, the money around to develop schemes. They cost quite a lot as well. You, you know, if you want to start just looking at the viability of a new scheme, you know, you may need to find hundred thousand pounds to get the relevant engineers and designers in to say, yeah, okay, this is this looks viable and we can be fairly accurate that it's going to cost, I don't know, 50 million pounds or whatever. So there's been a lack of investment. And then where that's caught us out in Northamptonshire and indeed other areas is that when the money's suddenly available, we haven't got any schemes on the shelf to pull off and say, right, this is exactly what this scheme's been working for. An example of that is something like that northwest, the northern orbital road. Um, which would be a massive hundreds of millions of pounds projects. But what we now need to do is to find the money to do some initial viability work. So if money does come along from the government, we know that we're far enough along with it to be able to put a bid in. We we did with the initial round of the levelling up fund, we hurriedly put together um, a bid for a thing called the Northwest Relief Road, which would go from the sort of Dallington Halston, furs area, and it would take a road through to near the Windhover pub at Bounton Crossing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people might not be mightn't be aware of that sadly we didn't achieve the funding uh on on that and, and that's a shame because that road is going to unlock the delivery of two thousand houses at talenting grange which is you know a government priority so we were a little disappointed we had great support from the local mp chris heaton harris to support that and sadly we were disappointed not to get the money but it kind of says you need these things well thought through before the money comes along so i think we are going to see more of that money flowing through councils and not through uh, local enterprise partnerships. And I think we're going to see that those councils that are ready with schemes, ready to go with a proven need, uh, probably proven, if you like, acceptance by local communities as well. So that people say, yes, that's a scheme that we locally support. I think that's what we're, um, I think that's what we're going to uh, have to do. Spend more time, invest money. I think we're in a fortunate position now that in hitting budget this year and having built our reserves up to our target level of 100 million, I think we're in better position to invest in those sorts of things now.
0: Yeah, no, really interesting point to sort of seed fund these things to almost, well, not quite proof of concept, concept, but uh, mm. as you say, to have things that um, you can respond very quickly to. Now, one area you have got money then, which uh, is this something overseen by uh, you in the West North Hans Council, is obviously the Northampton Regeneration, Yep. Uh, Northampton Forward is a, is yep. a public-private um, sector board that's working on this. Um, just tell us a little bit about its latest current um, sort of status and hopes and ambitions then.
1: Yeah, well, it, it, it's, um, I, I mean, I, I like to think it's been a great, a great success. You know, I've always thought, uh, Adrian, there's certain things that councils can do, but there, there is something about councils. People naturally feel a scepticism towards councils, and, and they think, well, you know, is that really going to work? One of the great things about the way we've done Northampton Forward, we've got people involved at university, have a representative on Northampton Forward. It's chaired now by uh, CEO of a local business, Martin Mason from Trickers. Uh, We have representatives from the theatre, from from the community, uh, from the business improvement district, representing town centre businesses, the Grover Centre management, these sorts of people, because it is a Northampton town focus thing. And, And I think it's having those people involved that's brought greater you know, a wider range of thinking, really, but, but also a wider range of challenge. So, again, that, that's not an easy environment. It's quite reasonable for any of those people to challenge what the council's doing or one of the other board members' opinions. But I always believe if you involve more people, it might take a bit longer, but you get a better decision at the end. And Northampton Ford seems to have achieved that. So it's now won £8.4 million pounds for the renovation of the Market Square in Northampton and £25 million pounds for 10 other projects, a lot of which are heritage-related um, around the town. Um, so, you know, I think, that, I think that's doing really well. And, and the role it's moving into now, having come up with a master plan and, and done a lot, quite a lot of consultation on that, the job now is monitoring the delivery. So we've just um, approved the, um, uh, the money to go to 78 Durngate, which people will know is the Rennie Macintosh. Uh, house in Durngate, Northampton. It's a great tourist attraction. It's limited because of the size of the place and how many people it can take in. So they're going to build an extension on the back and it's funded partly by council grants, partly by their own fundraising and partly by a, a thing called the Towns Fund, which is government uh, 25 million. Uh, that will enable them to have larger number of visitors. So in turn, that will enable them to be far more sustainable. So, you know, if they have a bad year and they get a fewer visitors, they, they will have the, the finances to be able to weather the storms that come along, maintenance of the buildings, that kind of thing. So, so I think Northampton forward has both been successful in what it's achieved, but it's been successful in, in, in changing the outlook uh, and saying it's no good moaning about our town or moaning about the council. You know get involved like like these people have get involved like the business yeah i think I, that, that for
0: me is a really important point you know a the fact that you've got more stakeholders coming together and get as you say might be slower but a stronger decision and b i don't know i've spoken to a couple of your colleagues or the officers about this that you know we can't expect the council to have all the answers it might know where the problems are but yeah. to encourage you know business skills private sector energy charity sector energy to come yeah and uh, to you with some solutions that are you you know if you like them or or give them some funding to sort of you know proof of concept um yeah so rather than we we just go to a moan as you say and uh, expect yeah. you to have all the answers no i think you need to work much more with those other actors in the um the local business and charity environment No, to to draw on the good hearts and good minds and good energies that are out there and good absolutely. ideas as well
1: i mean i think it's absolutely essential and uh, you know if i think about the biggest things that uh, I think we're going to be proud of, at the hopefully at the end of this year. Uh, yes, it'll be about the council delivering its services and looking after the vulnerable in the way that it should do, but doing it really, really well. But actually, some of our biggest, boldest things are wholly reliant on involvement with with other bodies and, and, and the voluntary sector. So our anti-poverty strategy, I'm really pleased that we're doing that. It's been an ambition that we've never quite got to grips with at the Borough Council, but we're on with it now. And that that's that's so heavily reliant on the voluntary sector. And we are honestly writing that strategy with them. And then we can only deliver it with them. Uh, we're going to report back every year on progress. but But, you know, we couldn't Dream of doing that without the voluntary, to what that does, it it kind of says, look, in COVID, look at how the voluntary sector grew. Look at how many people came forward and wanted to help um, food banks or good neighbour schemes or anything like that. Well, it's only by harnessing that massive um, support that that we can deliver an anti-poverty strategy. Other than that, you're reliant on council officers going out and doing the things that council officers can do. With the cost associated it which would be impractical so I think of that and a whole bunch of other things that will only work if we work well with the with the voluntary sector
0: oh fantastic now the county is well known as a hot spot for startups yep. um, and a lot of obviously uh, logistics but perhaps a cold spot in terms of innovation Now, the university is is working on a project to do an innovation ecosystem mapping exercise, obviously talking with your colleagues, with Stuart um, Timmis and with George Candler from the north. But, you know, what are your thoughts about how do we, again, is it the, um, are there any market needs that the local authorities can respond to what the business sector wants to create a stronger, more collaborative not only compassion about, you know, the community, but stronger innovation sort of um, framework or ecosystem within, the, within West Northamptonshire, you know, how, how do we move to help the medium-sized businesses get bigger?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I, I, I've seen some of the work that's been done at the university. I think it's absolutely great. And I think it's really, really important that we look at this, because as you rightly say, um, you know, I don't know how many years in the last 10, but I think there's been several where Northampton has been, or, or, or you know, Northamptonshire, perhaps probably the West Northampton area now, has been top of startups, uh, or second only to London in the number of business startups. And I think that's quite incredible. I think there is a sort of an entrepreneurial attitude there's a slightly independent thinker type attitude i've always thought around Northampton, and i think that, that that's the sort of attitude you require required to be an entrepreneur but but it's no good starting them if, if you do lose them we, we've got a couple of things going on we've got we've got some business support um um startup businesses we've particularly just just launched something for uh not-for-profit businesses and community interest uh, companies and so on where we've got a half a million pound from the government to work at how we can support their sustainability Uh, you know i'll look to see what comes out of the work that the university are fronting i think the whole idea of an innovation ecosystem partly that's about you know better quality a bit like we're talking about better quality jobs it's about better quality businesses, isn't it? Um, and I think I think we'll embrace and do whatever we can to support. It, 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 it kind of moves towards, indicates towards something that you know I've mentioned to you, which is a really big objective for us, which is our sustainability strategy. Mm. I mean, just to touch on that quickly, I will yes, tell you what definitely. links, because most people are talking about sustainability, and in many times they're just talking about environmental. You know, they're talking about climate change. Now that that's really important. Oh, that's so important. So we have at this council a 2030 pledge <clears throat> on being carbon neutral. Um, there's the, there's the zero net carbon 2050 pledge as well. We started to look at this uh, and and to look right, what are we going to do? And, and if you've got what most councils are doing, and I'm not trying to run any specific council down, but often it's you know they have a web page that says these are the things we can do, and you know we 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 will investigate electrifying our lorries and all this sort of thing, and and that's absolutely great. But our 2030 target that we've set is actually for West Northamptonshire. It's not for West Northampton Council, because actually the council's carbon footprint is, is minor. So, so we first of all thought we need a sustainability strategy that everybody can feel they can be a part of and sign up. But we then looked at the UN 17 sustainability goals. And of course, th- these got quite a bit of sort of prominence during COP26, didn't they? Uh, there's 70, uh, uh, 17 goals. They're all about areas of sustainability, but if you look at them, environmental sustainability is only one part of that. The two other aspects, uh, two other pillars, we tend to call them, is social uh, sustainability and economic sustainability. I, 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 the way I'm starting to see things is that actually everything we're trying to do kind of moves towards that. So I mentioned an anti-poverty strategy that, of course, stands alone as an excellent thing to do working with the voluntary sector but what we're trying to achieve there is is social uh and and at some extent economic sustainability um so so where this is where i think this really really fits into this is in terms of economic um sustainability i I think i think it's absolutely fantastic and 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 you, you know it's easy to keep doing the same old same old things that you do actually we need to do something different if we don't just want startups but we want those those businesses that survive, it's, it's kind of a common theme as well. One of the benefits of the councils coming together, in my view, or one of the promises that people were made, that they were told that you know, it's going to take a couple of years to sort out these new councils, that then COVID came along, so oh, it's going to take probably slightly even longer. There is a kind of promise that, that things will be better and that we'll do more things. And, and those things include not just dealing with problems when they're acute and they're a real problem, but getting in a little bit earlier and preventing problems. For example, I think it also involves in this situation, not just looking about what can we do this week to support businesses, but what can we do to build businesses that are successful for years? So that's what I kind of like about that. I think it links to our sustainability strategy, but it also links to the promise of what the unitary was going to be, which is that it would do things better and in a more considered long term, long term manner. So we want the sustainability strategy not just to be a four year thing while you know, us conservatives are in, I mean, who knows, we want something that everybody can sign up to beyond electoral cycles. We want something where businesses can make pledges uh, and 2030 commitments and be they large or small, they can say, right, this is what we commit to 2030. And these are the actions that we're gonna take in the next 12 months towards those 2030 commitments. We think it's only by involving the wider uh, business community school community parish council community whatever community it is and allowing them to pledge to 2030 commitments across all areas of environmental social and economic that we can really say uh, you know that we're on target for 2030 and that we're creating something better for tomorrow not just trying to fix the problems of today
0: no absolutely and you know the, the everybody needs to play their part business needs to look after the community in which it operates from which it recruits into which it sells And, you know, I'm very pleased to hear you say that this is um, environmental is one part, but there are many other parts to this whole triple bottom line uh, element. So let's hope then that um, this innovation uh, ecosystem mapping. The idea is a little bit to get the businesses more collaborative and cross fertilize between different sectors because yeah. you know most businesses have been under pressure you know what it's like we've got too much to do too little time it's very little time to stop and think or you know put the head above the parapet and i think we need to facilitate and foster and the university can play its part in this foster that um, that uh, you know closer collaboration amongst perhaps our medium sized businesses amongst whom we have some major beacons of light in terms of what they're doing yes. for this triple bottom line and yep. I, you know I, I hope you'll give a, me and us support in the university to to help facilitate those linkages which may not necessarily be at, always at the ceo level or the council leader you know at all levels of these organizations let's build a more cohesive uh, community and business complex part but I, I'm pleased to hear. It sounds like that um, that you you know want the, count, the council to play its part as well. Yeah. Now, before we end, then I mean thank you so much for very you know forthright and comprehensive answers to the um, the questions. I'm delighted that you brought up the clean and green, the sustainability strategy because that is is you know I think be silly to well it'd be completely wrong to ignore it as part of that um cross-sector social partnerships cross-sector partnerships but looking forward for the next 12 months so so let's hope we have you on again in 12 months time uh jonathan what you know what would you like to say to our listeners uh in terms of your hopes and aspirations for 2022 as we've touched on quite a few things uh, and, and we know therefore that we want to
1: um finish the, if you like, establishment, the setting up, if you might call it that, of this new council. Services have continued and they will continue throughout this year, but we hope that we've done all the backroom stuff so that we've, we've got no longer a need to, you know, focus so heavily on that. Some of the things that I've said about the new strategies and uh, uh, and things as well, I think we want people across the whole of West North to see you know the benefit of what we're doing so uh you know thank goodness the new cinema opens in daventry uh very very soon and that's great and, and we want to do more and more in daventry to improve what's going on over there that down in south north vance uh obviously the hs2 building uh is going on uh and you know like it or, or not that's what's happening our job now is to make sure that it does it, it we mitigate any damage on residents so we've got an exciting um Initiative coming up where we're taking on what we're calling H- HS2 Marshals, who watch closely everything that HS2 do, whether it's uh, breaking a planning regulation or whether it's just lorries putting mud on the road and not cleaning it up, that, to make absolutely sure that this community doesn't have to bear the cost of that work that's that's going on. We've got a lot more to do on the regeneration side. Of course, there's a load more schemes, in, including, for example, in Northampton, uh, the MS building that's to be converted to you know, a a good class of residential uh, accommodation uh, and so on. Uh, Also, on the back room, we've we've got a thing we call transformation. It's kind of productivity stuff. It's making services better and it's making them more cost effective. We've done a lot of that this year, but we've got more to do. So we'll be cracking on with that. One one of the other highlights uh, or big challenges of this year is our highways contract. We can't accept... A continual decline in the standards of highways. And, and when you look across West North Ants, they're quite mixed. Some of the worst I come across are down in the South North Ants area, out in the villages there from potholes and so on. And we know that we've just got to do better. Whilst money continues to be tight, we've just got to start delivering better on the road. So our hope is that a new contract, uh, with new costings and you know it'll be a significant chunk in the budget will start to deliver better too. So I suppose overall, yes, we've got a bit more to do in the back in the back office, but we'll get that sorted. And I hope is that people will start seeing a visible difference um, to what West North Hans Council is delivering across West North Hans.
0: Well, thank you ever so much indeed. If anybody wants to find out more about West North Hans, you can go to www.westnorthants.gov.uk and go into the um, what you call it, the uh, search box there to find any particular thing. Jonathan, are you uh, happy for people to contact you if they want to learn more about any particular initiatives? Is your are you um, accessible via that website?
1: Uh, Yes, yes I am. I have an email that's on that website. Uh, We also, one of the the things, uh, they might find that somebody triages those, you know, the reality is we're 405,000 residents. I think my job is as much as anything to create the environment in which we look after people rather than always deal with the specifics, they might find somebody else gets back to them. But, yep, by all means, please please get in touch with us. Tell us what bothers you uh, and, and tell us what your aspirations for the future are in terms of the council. We'd be very pleased to hear from you. And we want Thank to continue, given that this is, as you say, the business-related uh, show, continue the relationships we have through the business part of the university with people like you and your colleagues and and and, and your show on the radio, also through the other organisations we talk to, the FSB, the Chamber, uh, the Business Improvement Districts and so on. We've, business is such an important part of, 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 of a local area's uh, um, uh, you know, um, well, well-being, really. So the prosperity is vital and we're keen to ensure that we are a business-focused council. Thanks. Excellent.
0: Jonathan, thank you ever so much indeed. Council Jonathan, Nunn, Leader of the West Northamptonshire council thank you so much for giving over your time and um, coming and sharing all those insights so keep safe keep well and keep up the good work jonathan happy new Thanks year so. to you happy new year to you all the best thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed that interview there are plenty more here on the podcast platform and of course you can always listen on uh, live on tuesday evenings from seven to nine p.m on n live radio 106.9 fm or digitally via nliveradio.com. If you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com slash support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.